Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. This week I am joined by my good friend and colleague Chrissy Davies from Chaos to Calm. Chrissy is a mother of two, a former educator, and now works through her business Chaos to Calm, supporting families with challenging behaviors. She's a real expert when it comes to children's behavior. What I love about Chrissy is her approach to advocating for children and educating families about brain-based, evidence-backed information when it comes to decoding our children's behavior and how we can best support them. Chrissy is also an author of a children's book, Love Your Brain, which we will be talking a little bit more about today. Uh, but before we jump into the conversation, let me say welcome, Chrissy. Hello. Hello <laughs> to all the brain builders who are listening too. That's right. Yes. I can't wait to talk about these brain-based strategies with you, Chrissy. But before we do, could you maybe, I've done a little intro, but perhaps yes. you can tell us a bit more about who you are and what you are all about. Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess the short version is, you know, how do you describe 20 years of experience? But I guess the short version is that I did have a very long and successful career working in specialist settings with children displaying extreme behaviour symptoms. Um, and obviously you can imagine having working in that um, environment or educational setting, I met a lot of amazing families and children and learn a lot about challenging behaviour. And um, I never got to the point where I didn't still love teaching, but I just felt like there were just so many more families that I could support by sharing my knowledge, skills, strategies, brain-based, you know, information about child development and how they could really start to understand their children through a different lens. Mm, yes, mm. absolutely. I've been, I've been in my consulting business nearly eight years now and just got, you know, have worked with so many different families. I've wrote the book, Love Your Brain. You know, I love talking to people like you who are also in the, you know, the field that are aligned with our philosophy as well. And I guess I'm just on a mission really to share my knowledge with as many families and educators as I can mm -hmm. so that they can start to just understand how children think, how they work, and just look at their behaviour as communication rather than 
naughty, bad kids, yeah? <laughs> Who are out there to push buttons and make life hard for us. Oh, they're going to do all of that, 100%. <laughs> but not intentionally trying to make life difficult for us, I suppose. Correct. That's the difference. So, Chrissy, oh, my goodness, where should we begin? Let's start with the book. Mm. What inspired you to write the book and can you tell us a little bit about Love Your Brain? Mm. Well, I had the idea for Love Your Brain for many years and it, I just mar- kept marinating over it the way that I wanted it to. It, it, is, it is really ri- it's written for children, obviously, but it is specifically written as a tool for parents and educators to teach children about brain care strategies, right, because the core of all behaviour comes from the brain. And so to me the most important tool that we can have as grown-ups who are growing up children's brains, who I like to call brain brain builders, is a really good understanding about how we can empower them to understand themselves, yeah, which is really encouraging families to move away from like viewing discipline through control, I suppose, which is sort of the more traditional methods that generationally we've been programmed to believe works best for kids. But mm-hmm. so the idea for Love Your Brain um, marinated in, in my brain for a couple of years and then actually one weekend the words literally just fell out of me. Jack it was amazing I literally wrote the book in a weekend but I think because I'd been thinking about it for so long um and the main character little brainiac is based on my gorgeous daughter who was around seven at the time when I wrote the book um and I, I, it was such a beautiful process to go through with her actually reading it to her seeing her response you know because it was sort of pitched at that um, early primary um, school age children and seeing her response to it I was like yep yeah, I'm onto a winner here and the book has just been so well received yeah teachers yeah. love it therapists love it and most of all families and kids love it so yeah. um, it is a beautiful little book with a very important message yeah and what I love about it is as you said so it's it's written and illustrated and set up for children mm. but I feel like it's such a good tool to be teaching our kids um, So like they're engaged in it as a story that they can become involved in and and follow along. But really it's teaching them so much about themselves Mm. and their brain. So I know there's one section in it that um, where you talk about sometimes big feelings and big behaviours come because we are hangry or hungry. Mm. (laughs) And that's something that really resonated with my boys. And so they will often say to me now, I think I'm just a little bit hungry, mum. I need to have some food, get my Mm. brain feeling good again. Um, And so often that is, you know, at the root of what's going on with them at the end of the school day when they're having a tricky time. So I love that part of it too. It's it's so easy for the kids to identify with. And it's linking in all of the skills that I have as an educator in understanding that children are very visual mm-hmm. and storytelling is a really powerful and meaningful way to children to convey big concepts, right? So um a lot of people talk at their children and, you know, a lot of the information does not get in where we mm-hmm. want it to get in, you know, um, whereas when we do it through a story, it's less confronting, it's less let's sit down and talk about your feelings. It's 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 a really child-centred way to bring up things for our children and also really to empower them, right, yeah. because that's what it's really about. And I feel like the more we empower our kids to understand themselves. And I feel like sometimes when our children are having a big emotion, it's almost like an out-of-body experience for them, right? And so Love Your Brain, because of the different strategies in the book, 
um, really connects children to things that are relevant and meaningful to them in their life that they can have some sense of control over that will bring them back to feeling connected to their own emotions, their brain, and how that impacts on their body and their behaviour. Yes, yes, Mm. so important. It's also good, I think, because it opens an avenue for parents. As you said, you know, parents and caregivers, as you said, often when we are confronted with big displays of behaviour or emotion or, you know, seeing our children struggle in this way, as adults, we tend to go to that place of wanting to, we want to help, it comes from a good place, but we go to teaching mode, you know, this is what you need to be doing and you just need to settle down or let's think about it, let's be rational because that's the way our brains work. Children don't necessarily have that ability though, right, when they're in that state. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, so I know many parents say to me, I just don't know what overcame them. It was like they were a completely different um, child in that moment. So I think taking it back to a place where we can recognise that these behaviours are a call for connection Mm. um, and put us more in a place of approaching them with empathy and understanding really sets up a whole different like approach to handling them would you say that's right absolutely and a big word swap for me which I know you'll love as well is I don't use the word discipline anymore behavior discipline I use the word behavior support because Mm. in that moment when our children are overwhelmed and their brains are flooded which I know we're going to talk a little bit more about but they that is not the teachable moment what they need in that moment is a safe place a trusted adult that can help them regulate and calm their brain or love their brain you know um (laughs) how they take care of their brain and when our children are very young in particular you know like under 10 they still need a lot of support from their big adults you know they're grown-ups and what you what you will notice is when you start to teach and empower using brain care strategies is that your children will then be able to start implementing them for themselves yeah yeah. like and I can think of a my my little guy six and a half and it just yesterday we've got some noise cancelling headphones and you know one of the things we've been working on with him is if you know he's like be quiet and like wait we all live here dude we're not all gonna (laughs) be quiet just because you're in a mood what you can do to take control of the situation for you to love your brain is put on the noise cancelling headphones. Yes. And it is truly an, a magnificent moment as a parent who has been working so hard in this space to see your child then actively engage in one of the strategies. Yes. There's actually, I don't think there's any better feeling to watch a child that has struggled with that um, start to use the skills and watch them feel so empowered in that moment so I love that you know anecdote that you've just shared and secretly my hubby and I were high-fiving each other around the corner we were like we were going like, oh my goodness look at what he's just done it is in. you know all that hard work all the pieces of the puzzle are starting to fit together for our kids you know and I think that that's where we have to be really mindful as parents and adults is that this stuff is really complicated emotions behavior relationships Mm -hmm. yeah and that it's a long game absolutely we've got to go slow to go far yeah so let's talk about that then for any parent that might be struggling with what we'll call behavior just for the sake of understanding so that might be toddler tantrums um, meltdowns older kids who are having a tricky time um, with things and perhaps that's coming out in some aggressive behaviors or whatever it might be 
Where do parents start with understanding this, Chrissy? Can you talk us through what is going on for kids when they're in this state? Well, I think like you sort of alluded to it a little bit before, Jack, is that all behaviour is communication to a child because they don't really understand fully how relationships work yet and because they are missing the very important part of their brain, the prefrontal cortex, which we know, you know, the research says doesn't start growing in children until around about the age of seven. You know, and a lot of people would look at a seven-year-old and think, why haven't you got all this worked out yet? But Mm -hmm. this is why. And this is why you and I are so passionate about educating families about brains and brain development because once you learn this stuff about your children, you just look at them in a completely different way and you can make a real mind shift in, okay, well, they may be seven, but their brain is so far from being fully developed and functioning at full capacity. This is really hard for them and that's where the empathy comes, right? Yeah. Yeah, And I think that it's so important that we remember in that moment our children are not always deliberately disobeying or being oppositional or, you know, being defiant or being rude or all those sorts of things. We have to start looking at children's behaviour as communication. What are they telling us? What are they telling us through their behaviour? And the truth is children are wired for connection. I mean, we all are. We're human beings, right? What do we know about the brain? What about all those studies that have been done about children in orphanages that did not get any interaction? The human brain will stop developing and eventually die without human interaction, right? And so this is why our children are constantly seeking out connection from us. And the truth is negative connection to a child feels the same as positive connection because that's really what they're seeking out, right? And so when we get a lot of negative behaviour from our children, we see that as a cry for connection. And what we want to do as parents is really try to make that a more positive interaction rather than a negative Yes. Oh my gosh. So powerful. And I think that moment that when, when I, you know, understood that, that the feedback or the import or whatever we want to call it, that our children are getting, even if it's negative. So even if it's from a parent that is completely Mm. frustrated and is cranky or yelling to them, that is still connection. And so it sounds counterintuitive because we think, Mm. you know, how could that possibly be? But in that crazy dysregulated moment, that is what is, is you know, on a subconscious level, obviously, but for the child that is, you know, for them what they are still um, craving, that connection. So what – oh, sorry. You're going I to was say. just going to say there, I think another really important part of evolving in understanding this in our children is that, that a child's perception – is a child's perception. Mm. It, whether it is real or it is perceived, it is how they feel, yes. right? Yep. And I think that sometimes as parents we're like, oh, get over it, it's just a leaf or <laughs> yes. you'll be okay, you know what I mean? Um, but yep. we have to try and look at it as I think sometimes we're really dismissive of children's emotions and and the behaviour, you know, that's coming from the emotion. Yes. And we have to try and put ourselves in their shoes. Well, how yes. if we were having a strong emotion about something and our partner said to us or our mum said to us, I'll oh, just get over it. Yes, yes. That would not feel good for no. us. Yeah. And it's exactly the same for our children. Yeah, I've actually got a personal example of that. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So my little girl, she's almost two. She's going through a phase now, um, probably modeling me, where she has to take this bag of stuff. And that's what it is. It's pure stuff. Um, it has to come with us everywhere. Now that's fine. I'm happy to to take the bag everywhere. But you know, there's times when I'm hustling the boys into the car for school drop off or need to be somewhere. And she's fussing around with the bag that's, you know, dropping out things as we go and, and whatnot. And there's been times where I've been like, oh goodness, just forget the bag. We don't need the bag. But to her, in her mind, at her age, that bag is essential and she's connected to it. And so if yes. we break it down and think, how would I feel if someone, my husband, for example, was rushing me out the door without my bag that has my phone in it and all the things that I see as integral to my life, chances are I'm probably going to be a bit cranky about that too. You absolutely would be. <laughs> and so would I. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without my phone and my lipstick and whatever else is essential for my day. So, and I guess that's, isn't that the breakthrough that yes. children are human beings? Yes, yeah? yes, we exactly. We are all human beings. Just because they're smaller than us, mm-hmm. just because, you know, they don't really understand everything yet doesn't mean that their feelings and emotions aren't valid. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's so such a powerful thing to realise. So having that empathy, though, and being able to pause in the moment does require a fair bit of um, control, I suppose, or perspective on the parents' behalf, because, you know, life is busy and there's a lot going on for us and, you know, likely we have other things in the day. What is your advice, you know, to the parents that you support when they are triggered in those mm. moments? How do we cope with that? Oh, triggered. So, so many triggers, honestly. I, you know, I've got a really great example of this as well. We just happened this morning. Okay. So my kids at the moment are obsessed with my jewellery. You know, I've got a beautiful walk-in wardrobe that I designed <laughs> when we did our renovation, which is my space in the house, right? There's only one room in this house that is not filled <laughs> with kids' stuff. And I have a very personal boundary around that for that reason, right anyway they kept going in there I kept saying to them get out of there stop going in there but they were hyper focused on it right and then so this morning I was actually having a shower and I was breathing through it and I and I said and so I self-talked to myself okay why is this upsetting you so much what is it about this behavior that is causing you to be triggered and I unpacked that the trigger is they're in my space They're invading my personal space. We give so much to our children as mothers and parents that, you know, we've got to keep some of that. It's called self-preservation for ourselves, isn't it? But using my skills and my growth mindset and, you know, all of our brain care knowledge that I know about, I said to myself, Chrissy, why do you care? You don't even wear half of this jewellery anymore anyway. (laughs) Those days are over, right? (laughs) It's not like we're going out all the time anymore and, and... I really, if I thought really deeply about it, it was more about the invasion of my space, right? And so what I said to them was, I said, okay, all right, let's go to the draw together. We went to the draw and I said, okay, you can pick two pieces each. They picked a ring and a necklace and I was just like, you know what, when I actually drill Mm -hmm. down on it, it doesn't actually matter that much. And I feel like that as parents is so much of that is about owning our own emotions and understanding why our children's behaviour is upsetting us. Um, 
And it's really deep work, though, isn't it, and self-reflective work to take ownership and responsibility for your own behaviour and your own emotions. And honestly, they were happy as Larry. Um, if they went back there again, obviously I'd have to revisit. Like, hey, come on, be fair. I've already given you some, you know, you agreed that this was, this was the deal that we made, that if I gave it to you, then you wouldn't go back anymore. You know what I mean? So, and afterwards I was actually like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, you're right. This is, it is deep and ongoing work as parents. I think maybe Mm. it it never ends, this sort of work and self-reflection. But I actually would argue it is the most valuable work we can do for ourselves, certainly, but also Mm. for our kids. Because when we stop and do it, like you said, was it about the jewellery? Probably not, you know. (laughs) And I think so often in moments when we catch ourselves being triggered by by what we perceive to be our children's behaviour, it's really an unmet need of our own. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, whether that's yes. space, personal space, which I totally get, by the way, because my office has been overtaken with mm. Lego during lockdown, so I feel that one on a deep level. Um, or perhaps <laughs> you need more support in, in your day or feel that you are lacking something, you have an unmet need of your own and it's actually not your children's behaviour that's triggering, it's just in that particular moment that's stirring all of that up. And when you can start to identify that in yourself, you are much more able to empathise and recognise it in your children. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, sorry, that was a, a bit of a tangent, but one important one I think we needed to talk about. So you mentioned for in the moment when our children are having a tricky time and we're looking to support them in their behaviour, the first step is regulating ourselves. You mentioned you use self-talk. Any mm-hmm. other strategies you could recommend for parents looking to to regulate themselves so that they can then support their child? Well, it sounds cliche, but the breathing Mm -hmm. is absolutely, we know, regulates. When we regulate our breathing, we regulate our brain. And once again, this is a strategy that my husband and I have both really explicitly modelled and started to see our children use in the moment. And, And another incredible moment when you see your child breathing instead of lashing out at their sibling, hello, high five again, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Got to celebrate those ones for sure. Oh, totally, and really, and really, them starting to understand that that will stop you from behaving in a certain way. Yeah, and the other, the other, I mean, the other one I often say to my kids is, I'm feeling really angry right now, so labeling the emotion, or I'm starting to feel really frustrated right now. I'm going to walk away and take a break and then I'm going to come back when I feel calm to talk to you again because I don't want to lose it with you. Oh, I love that. I actually am the biggest um, fan and proponent in my um, my support work that I do with mums, time out, but as a strategy for parents, for mums. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is a brilliant thing. A brilliant strategy to use when you are really on the cusp there of really being pushed um, and you can identify that there's not much left in your own you know bucket to be coping with it to, to call a time out say mum yeah. just needs a minute to step outside to you know recollect myself and that is far more effective than losing it and then slipping into yeah. a shame spiral that so many of us do when we yeah. react in a way that perhaps um, we didn't want to be in that moment so I love that advice but just on that too you know we are we're humans we're yes. all going to have days when we lose it yeah and, and you know being angry is a very real emotion and being frustrated is a very real emotion and you know what just own it and make reparation with your children every time mm-hmm. you know and children are amazing they're so forgiving we're families that's what we do we make up and break up all the time right <laughs> we drive each other crazy because we spend so much time together you know and 
um, one of the most beautiful moments I had with my kids, I was having a pretty gr- a rough day one day. I don't know, I was just being a grump and short-tempered, you know, quick to anger and all that sort of stuff. And when I was tucking them both into bed at night, you know, giving them a kiss, I just said to them, I'm sorry I was a bit grumpy today. I don't know what was going on in my brain. And they were both like, it's okay, Mum. We have bad days too. Oh. We still love you. Oh. I said, yeah, I know. And, you know, it's at that moment of that, you know, for children especially, is that we don't just love them when they're being good. Yes. We love them unconditionally and we understand that challenging behaviour symptoms or rough days or hard days or moody days is a part of human behaviour. Yes. And our children are no different. And when we accept them for that, they accept us for that as well too. Yes, I love this. I love that you've raised it because I think there is such value in that cycle of um, teaching and modelling rupture and repair because yes. show me one true valuable relationship that hasn't been through rupture and repair and I think we need to accept and be open to the fact that there will always be ruptures especially in relationships where we care about one another Um, and that if we are committed to the repair part that's the important part. Yeah absolutely and even with my little guy I said to him the other night you had uh, you had a bad day you're not a bad kid. Yeah you know, or you had a bad moment that doesn't make the whole day terrible, you know. And, you know, I've shared very openly, honestly, about my own childhood trauma and I cried myself to sleep so many times when I was a child and that took a lot of recovery and repair for me as a, you know, through a young, as a young adult. And I would much rather own up to my behaviour and let my children know that I am have faults and I make mistakes and that's okay, that's part of relationships, than have them going to bed wondering if I still love them. Yes, yes. Oh, my goodness. I think so much of the generations that came before us, there was this messaging that parents were up here and children were here and that parents didn't own up necessarily when they made mistakes. Never. That well, wasn't not in my family. No, that wasn't a done thing and that there was that, you know, it certainly wasn't talked about or owned up to and discussed mm. openly. So I love this approach of being a human parent, mm. <laughs> owning up, owning our own stuff um, and just talking about that in a developmentally appropriate way you know obviously cater it and tailor it to your child's needs and age but having that open conversation is a beautiful thing to be say you know what I wasn't so proud of the way I handled that here's what I'm going to try next time I still love you so much and then Mm. to to get the response from your child to say we still love you we all mess up I mean does it get better than that Chrissy (laughs) yeah so amazing okay well I love that thank you for sharing that so I think that sort of it's covered a lot of the things I think we've talked about a lot of the, um, you know, this this new approach and this this evidence-based approach of um, viewing behaviour in through this lens, uh, which is so exciting compared to old paradigms of, you know, behaviourist type paradigms where, you know, mm. behaviour was good or bad and often the message internalised for children then was that they were good or bad, um, good or bad. And then about the integral role, too, of supporting ourselves in parenting, which is really just as much part of the picture, would you say? Absolutely. If, yeah. if we are healthy and well and, you know, happy in ourselves, then that filters through to the whole family, doesn't it, you know? and But it is also, like we were just saying, accepting that we all have bad days. We have to be happy as parents all the time as well. But I'm such a big advocate for parents, you know, strategically scheduling breaks from their children and, you know, spending one-on-one time with their kids away from the family unit and making sure that if everybody's needs are met in 
an, on an individual level. And I feel like this is a real challenge for many mums in particular is that they put themselves on the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. And for any mama who is listening here, I am telling you, put yourself right to the top. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your own needs met and it will filter through every single thing to do with your children and your family, you know, um, because we talk about mums being the glue, you know, that holds the family together. It's so true now more than ever, you know, Um, and that's not to undermine the role that our dads play within families, but men and women are very different in terms of what they need Mm -hmm. and how, you know, the the things that um, make them feel healthy and emotionally well and all those sorts of things. So, you know, we talk about self-care a lot, as in families and parents, don't we? But it's really about the little things that you do every single day for yourself and how you talk to yourself and how you value yourself and your role within the family that's most important to me. Yes, because so Mm. often I see the cycle being that, um, you know, and it is speaking generally, but this is typical of what I see in families. Mums will go and go and go, become depleted to the point of complete burnout and then they need to take a break, like to pull themselves out and reset. Whereas, and you know, and good work doing the resetting without doubt. But how much more valuable to integrate that level of self care into your everyday life so that you don't reach the stage of burnout, you know, that you aren't completely empty and, you know, gasping for air, but instead have a baseline level there so that you're able to deal with all of those, you know, that incredible mothering work that you're doing day in, day out. I think it's so valuable. Yeah, but under all of that, it's like, you know, you I'm Chrissy, you're Jackie. Mm-hmm. You're still a human being that, you know, wants to see her friends or do, I don't know, whatever it might be. Do you know what I mean? And the more you actually deny that for yourself, yes. the more resentment and unhappiness creeps in. Yeah. Which then cue quick to anger, you know, um, annoyed at your kids, all that sort of stuff. You guys aren't listening to me. Why do I bother? I've gone to all this effort, yada, yada. You know what I mean? Like all that sort of stuff that then starts to come out in negative cycles. So definitely. um, It really is something that needs to be prioritised. Yes. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a matter of meeting individual needs. Mm. Like let's view everyone as an individual and then when those individual needs are met, the needs of the family are in such Mm. better shape as well. Mm. Totally. Great. Now, Chrissy, something I ask all of our guests, and I didn't actually give you the heads up on this, so I'm going to pop you on the spot. (laughs) Are you ready? No, it's not too challenging. Something I ask all of our guests is, has there been a book that you've read that's really impacted you, changed you in some way? Yeah, just had a profound effect on you. And and if so, can you share what that book is? yeah, definitely. You're going to put me on the spot now because I can't remember the author. But the book is called um, Differently Wired, Raising Differently Wired Kids. Have you read it? I have. And I can't think of her name either, but it's got the little boy doing the snow angel on the front of the book. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That is life-changing, I think. when you, I mean, and I'm, I'm lived and breathed working in this space and now I'm raising a differently wired child as well, which is sort of like, you know, the universe telling me something, don't you think? Meant to be <laughs> experience. And... Um, honestly, I feel like such a big part of raising differently wired children, and what I mean by that is, you know, you might have a child who's autistic or ADHD or has, you know, clinical anxiety or, you know, just moves through the world and needs a little bit extra or, you know, I often describe their behaviours as just being a little bit more intense, mm-hmm. <laughs> more intense and more frequent than the average, you know, kiddo. But... I think that accept, that acceptance is a really big part of the therapeutic approach that I talk about 
which is based on the model of play. So playfulness, loving, acceptance, curiosity and empathy, which we've spoken a lot about. But that acceptance of when you can truly actually embrace your kiddo for who they are rather than falling into that trap of constantly wanting them to be something else. Mm. That is when you actually can really start to harmonise, you know. Yes, really can start to work together better, you know what I mean, because so much of it is about we all want to be accepted. We all want to be feel valued for who we are. Yes. And so much of society tells us that our children should be this way or that way or eat, you know, three serves of vegetables a week and, you know, all, all that sort of garbage, I suppose, that we're fed as as parents is that actually none of that really matters, Yeah. that your relationship with your child is the most important thing on the planet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that book was really life-changing for me mm. because it's all about embracing your child for who they are and that your role as a parent when you're raising a differently wired child is actually different to most parents, I suppose. All parents have challenges with their kids. We just have the extra layer, as I like to say, right? And the intensity, (laughs) as you said. I I completely agree with you. I got the same thing from that book. Deborah Reba, I remember the author's name, Deborah Reba. And I feel like, um, as you say, embracing that um, really opens up so much opportunity to get so much joy out of that the parenting as well because when you have that level of acceptance um Mm. and understanding you know because a lot of kids you know not everybody is going to be the square peg in the square hole there's just some that you know that just that little extra so I love that book too and I'll be sure to link to it in the show notes for anyone that is interested to check that out Chrissy, I have loved this conversation. You are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things decoding and understanding our children. If anyone would like to connect with you further, where can they find you? Well, like you, I love hanging out on Instagram and the stories <laughs> at Chrissy Chaos to Calm is mainly where you'll see me live and, and talking about, you know, my own experiences with my kids and different strategies and that sort of thing. Um, I've got a website, www.chaostocalmconsultancy.com. Um, those are the main two points of contact and there's a Facebook page as well. Incredible. Mm. I'll be sure to link to all of those too. But thank you so much for having this conversation with me today and for sharing all of your wisdom with us. My pleasure. So enjoy those kids, brain builders. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See you. Thanks for joining me and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed this content and are looking to dive deeper into the support that the Kind Parenting Company offers parents and caregivers, you will love the range of programs we have available. The range includes online programs for supporting baby and toddler sleep, most suitable for babies aged 0 to 24 months, and also Toddler Life, which is a guide for those raising children aged 2 to 4 years. Each program comes with access to video and audio files, as well as the opportunity to join the community forums. Podcast listeners receive 20% off all programs. Simply visit the Kind Parenting Company website and use the code KPCPODCAST20, that's KPCPODCAST20, at checkout. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.